Hey everyone, sorry for uh, running a little bit late. I was finishing up making a uh, a fun tea concoction. As uh, I'm still on the back end of fighting off a bug, as many of you are probably well aware. Um, <laughs> it's episode 74, entitled to be NFT Trump and the Twitterverse of Twitness and Beyond. As a kind of uh, catch-up, as I've been out for a bit and a lot happened, we saw the the wrap-up of the Twitter files. Um, I threw in some names there. We saw Nancy Mace take a flamethrower to Alejandra Carballo, who's basically a digital Twitter terrorist. Uh, we saw Sam Britton uh, in his uh, sticky hands at the airport uh, be relieved of his duties at the Nuclear Center or Energy Department of Energy for Joe Biden. Uh, on top of the Twitter files, we had a whistleblower complaint, which I actually think in the long run is worse than a lot of what was in the Twitter files. And, of course, former President Boomer Dad decided to go full uh, Sam Bankman freed today. Joining crypto and releasing his limited edition Trump digital cards, um, which uh, led me to talk about on the podcast and uh, to say that I don't think that he actually really wants to run for president again. Um all of that seems to have been upended as it usually is. <laughs> Excuse me, this is live, so you're going to have to put up with the coughs. Um, with Elon Musk and Twitter looking like uh, there is perhaps a journal purge happening uh, of both leftist accounts and reporters and journalists. This all just started basically happening about 30 minutes ago with uh, the Twitter suspensions of a few people. And we don't have an explanation yet. Uh, that includes CNN's Donnie O'Sullivan, uh, Aaron Rupar. Yeah. Drew Harwell, who's a Washington Post reporter, Ryan Mack from the uh, New York Times and Matt Binder from Mashable. And um, we still don't have an explanation as to why this is happening. And I think Elon Musk better be getting on the Twitter machine here very shortly uh, to explain this. There are a few theories going around. And uh, I, I will say that, our, of course, journalists are not waiting to see. They are all jumping in on Musk as on some kind of revenge tour here. But um, a couple of possible explanations. Yair Rosenberg says, my guess is that the understaffed Twitter moderators fed some images from Elon Jet account content into their algorithm. And then it swept up a bunch of reporters who posted screenshots of it, suspended them. Guess we'll find out if they're ever allowed to get back on the, one of the rumored reasons is uh, there was an account called Elon Jet, which was posting Elon's public flight data uh, showing where he was going. And l yesterday, uh, Musk claims as he posted a license plate and a driver that his son was being followed in Los Angeles. And, uh, for instance, Donnie O'Sullivan's, uh, last tweet was regarding the police report of this. Musk tweeted yesterday, uh, apparently in reply or to this incident said any account doxing real time location of anyone will be suspended as it is a physical safety violation. This includes posting links to sites with real time location info, posting locations someone traveled to on a slightly delayed basis is a safety isn't a safety problem. So is OK. Um, so one of the reasons 
they're saying this is possibly um, response to that is because they were linking to the Mastodon site where the Elon Jet account uh, said they were going to host that account over there. Uh, Rupar apparently linked to that, as did a few other journalists, and it appears like that's another possibility. Um, not to speculate, as I try not to really do that until we have an explanation, um, we're going to find out what it is, but Elon Musk is someone who is Johnny on the spot when it comes to rabbit emojis and Twitter files and jokes and memes, something he needs to get on Twitter as of five minutes ago and explain what is happening. Either it is an algorithmic error or an algorithmic success, or he is actually banning accounts that appear to be linking to reporting based on the incident with his son. I can tell you that if it is that, and I know there's a lot of schnattenfreit happening right now on the political right over these accounts being banned. Um, I'm having several of those discussions. And what I can tell you is a hot take, just being the worst account on Twitter, as Aaron Rupar certainly is, is not reason enough to have an account suspended. And Musk promised uh, extreme transparency on issues like this, which is why he needs to basically get out here right now and explain what is happening. The incident he's talking about, as he said last night, a car carrying Lil X, who I assume is one of his kids in L.A., was followed by a crazy stalker thinking it was me who later blocked the car from moving and climbed onto the hood. Legal actions being taken is taken against Sweeney and organizations who supported harm to my family. He then posted a, a video of someone in black block attire, Antifa attire, as well as the license plate. Um. So I, I guess I'm looking at this a few ways. One, one of this could be, it looks like Elon Musk is having a emotional reaction to reporters posting information on his son or that incident with the Elon jet, which he's now saying, this is putting me and my family in danger. And it appears in one way that this could be the case that he's basically saying, uh, if you're going to post information about me or my family, I'm going to suspend your account. That is not a way to make Twitter or policy on Twitter. Uh, Musk just making up policy as he goes along is going to create a whole host of problems that we have not even begun to explore. So I hate to be the uh, conservatarian, uh, libertarian contrarian on this issue, but this is not a good situation if that is the case. Um, a lot of you know that I despise a lot of these accounts. Uh, that is completely beside the point. Um, the other explanation, of course, is what Yair Rosenberg said, that this could possibly just be an algorithmic error uh, of reporters who are reporting on the Elon Jet account or what have you. Um, it's important to note that Elon Musk himself stated that he would not even suspend the Elon Jet account. And a few days later, he did just that. And again, he does so without explanation. Um, I, my gut reaction to this right now is I'm actually really concerned about what is going on. Uh, this is the difference. And, and trust me, uh, I, I've retweeted things that are, you know, jokes about Aaron Rupar and I get it. And I get conservative accounts were banned without reasoning and without explanation for years. And so I understand uh, the people that are celebrating, uh, but I would like people to take a step back for a moment and realize that if this is in fact what's happening, uh, this is no different than what old Twitter was doing. And uh, I'm not a fan of that, whether it was old Twitter or Elon Musk. So uh, that's just what's going to take over, I, I think, the room tonight. And uh, I do plan on being back here tomorrow, so there's a lot of topics to get on. Um, 
as you know, I'm not a fan of any of these people. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rupar or Donnie O'Sullivan or Ryan Mack. So we'll see what comes of this. And uh, as I'm on both call-in now, I will be looking at Twitter and I'll be monitoring to see if Musk has a statement or uh, what's going on. Um, so again, everyone's going to have an opinion on this, I'm sure. But uh, we really don't know until there's an explanation or these accounts are reinstored. Aaron Rupar apparently is reaching out to a few journalists and saying his account is permanently suspended without explanations, so that that can be overturned. Um, so again, the Elon jet is uh, public, publicly available information. Let's make that clear. So if, he, if he's accounts over publicly available information, this is a problem. So uh, these are just, again, theories. We're allowed to theorize, uh, but I hope this is cleared up. Um, we'll go for probably about an hour. So, I mean, the, the room is obviously already loaded. I already have a bunch of callers back there. So uh, feel free to jump in the queue all through everyone. Um, uh, just some ground rules. If you're new to call in, uh, I generally try to go about an hour. Uh, I just have a couple of base rules. Please mute your microphone if you're uh, the caller. And just it helps with the back and forth. It also helps keep keeps me focused as background noise kind of uh, distracts me. And also, I'm not obviously in full health. <laughs> um, and then also, if you can um, just be be uh, be wary of the uh, people behind you in the queue, so we can try to get as many people up. I know that doesn't always happen. Some nights we get 15 callers in. Some nights we only get four. But uh, just be mindful that there there might be people behind you, and uh, just kind of treat it like a radio call. Um, yeah, here's Matt. We'll go for two hours. No, I don't have two hours in me cause I got to do a podcast tomorrow and uh, a call in. And, uh, I'm also doing obviously training. And so my body's taking a toll right now. So, uh, feel free to weigh in on what you're seeing with either Musk and these, uh, journalist suspensions, uh, or any of the topics I would prefer to like stay on the topic at hand, but I know that that's not the way the world works. Um, I stated just uh, to get back onto the topic at hand, Trump doing the uh, crypt, jumping in on the crypto craze and the NFT craze right as the industry looks like to be hitting a bubble that's going to collapse it and people can't pull their money out and, F and FBX lost all of their money. Um, this feels like Trump is back to being the, uh, the entertainer and the salesman. And for the first time, I'm not sure how serious he actually is about running. <coughs> Excuse me. I said today on the podcast, that I genuinely believe he thinks or thought that he would be reinstated as president. He thought that certain elections would be uncertified in Georgia and uh, Arizona and then Pennsylvania. And then everyone would realize, oh, he actually won those states. And then Biden would relinquish the presidency and they would turn it over to him and he'd just have to walk back in. And we know that obviously there's no legal mechanism for any of that to happen. It's not going to happen, which is why you kind of roll your eyes at this stuff. Um, but I don't know for the first time if he's out here selling NFTs and he didn't look very enthused to be doing it. He, he was clearly reading off of a cue card or uh, a monitor that somebody gave him. Uh, he looks to be kind of a free fall right now. That doesn't mean anything for 2024. You could still definitely be the nominee. And if you don't think that he couldn't win again, you haven't been paying attention the last six years. Uh, but today is the first day that I thought uh, he doesn't want to be running again. And uh, I think that he thinks he has to because he lost, even though he thinks he won. And he has to do it to uh, avenge his last loss. And that's about it. The problem is that that's not good enough reason to be president of this country. So just some thoughts there. 
Um, if you have any thoughts on the Twitter whistleblower, uh, which I, I've read on the podcast, I don't want to go too much into because uh, I know some of you have listened to that and you know some of the problems, security certificates, problems with onboarding. Twitter employees had access to like all the data in the entire company. Um, just a lot of uh, possibilities with data crashes and hacks and leaks. And we also had a Twitter employee sentenced to 42 months in federal prison yesterday uh, as he was a agent of the Saudi royal family and was leaking Twitter information in real-time locations for um, them to track. All of this was happening under old Twitter, and in some ways it's worse than uh, some conservative accounts simply getting shadow banned. So those are the topics. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep an eye while you guys talk and pay attention on what exactly is happening on Twitter. Um, I, I have a bad feeling, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, as somebody who, you know, I just appeared on Glenn Greenwald, and this is kind of about standing up for speech and free speech. Look, I, I think it's funny in some ways. I think some of those are hilarious. There's one of Aaron Rupar melting away like Thanos. Um, but ultimately, Musk needs to explain this. And I really, really hope that he's not suspending uh, media accounts whim uh, of uh, an incident with his son. So I'll leave it at that. I'll turn it over to you guys. Like I said, we'll try to go for about an hour. Uh, I have a lot of callers there. If I don't get to you tonight, uh, I will be back here tomorrow night, probably talking about these very same things as it always looks like. Um, and so if you jump up into the queue, I'll make you jump. Um, I'm going to roller, Dr. Rollergator, if you can hold on a minute there. Uh, I'm going to jump back and I'm going to bring up Tanya, who I think is a new newbie or maybe only once or twice. So uh, Tanya, you're now up. Go ahead and unmute your mic and let me know. I also like doing this just to see who's paying attention. Okay, we'll go here like this. All right, Tanya, feel free to jump back up into the queue. Um, unless if you know how to unmute your microphone, it's right at the bottom. But, uh, oh, and she's, and she's gone. All right, I'm going to move up. Hoosier, Hoosier, I hope you're paying attention. Let's not. Okay, going once. This is a new one. Okay, Hoosier, jump back up into the queue. All right, uh, Doctor, you're up. Well, I'm welcome, I'm welcome back to Twitter, Twitter, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I, I don't want to disappoint you by largely agreeing with you that um, this is not necessarily uh, the wisest way to make this this banning event occur. Um, but he's been ever since the Kanye real, real fast. Let me interrupt. Keith Olbermann has now been suspended. Oh my God. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, I'm going to, while, while the event is going on, I'm certainly going to get my chuckles out of it. But the, like ever since the, the Kanye suspension, it's, it, I've been very, very uh, disappointed in how he's handled handled his his statements because there's almost nothing you can take from any of his statements and creature of what you're getting into with these with these last minute rule changes that appear to now be retroactive um because he the 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 account that he banned he banned the account that was following the plane then he banned the personal account of the person who was following his plane then they unsuspended him for this, a brief this period guy of time has also been interviewed by buzzfeed and he said he's just going to keep doing it on other platforms 
right which right. is exactly which is exactly the effect that that was going to have it's going to snowball on him um real fast his my first thought on his tweet where he says any account doxing real-time location info of anyone will be suspended does that include i don't understand the rule there does that include uh news broadcasts of car chases um following celebrities like what there's this yeah. is the problem with making rule decree by tweet instead of you know having people do an official policy this is not mm-hmm. good what is going I mean, he, on he's running and, twitter like like trump was president you know saying that there's going to be some sort he's going to like issue an executive order but he does it by tweet never tells right. anybody the the news you know interviews generals and they say well we've never had we didn't have anything come down from the official channels and stuff like that now this this did make it into the the terms of service on the pages so i mean there is the items for this but yeah i there's going to be many many circumstances where it, violating that the the text as written is just going to be an obvious thing that you're doing because there's you can't adhere to that almost at all in order to uh, to tweet certain events like it, if you say that I'm you know I'm at at uh, you know uh, at uh, the Capitol building and so and so is here you've technically violated real, the rule real real fast one interruption Lorenz. Has deleted all her tweets. Has, uh, I was going to pause there to get everyone in the room going. Uh, Taylor Lorenz has scrubbed her account. <laughs> yeah, uh, like so, I can envision this being being a a sort of hey, can we find this material and and scrub it from the network, and that's in in you know uh, banning a bunch of accounts. But if if that's the way that he's handling these types of things. And he has no foresight to imagine that the accounts that are going to cause, you know, ruffle feathers are going to get swept up in these things. Then he's really, he's really not paying enough attention to to the product that he owns. Because I don't, you know, I I spent nine and a half months off of off of the platform basically because of the broken the broken system that they have, ignoring appeals and just letting them die in limbo. If if I'm going to come back and start tweeting again. You know, I I don't I'm not necessarily a, a extremely vulgar account, but I I I'm erratic. Let's say I cross a lot of I, I cross a lot of subjects in uh, subject matter and topics. If I have to imagine and forward think what Elon's going to ban tomorrow because he's going to retroactively apply it to tweets all across the platform, I don't know how to tweet <laughs> anymore. That's, I don't know what's what's possible to you know. What's kind of going through my head on this? Uh, I'm not too worried. Because, I mean, my thing is, is if if I get banned under Elon Musk and never got banned under old Twitter, that would be kind of funny to me. Um, But, yeah, hot take. None of this looks good. I mean, you don't I I get that there's kind of a whole group of, you know, Elon reply followers. No. And I I know that he embraces some kind of fringe care on the right and um, and some other ones. Like, I'm not really worried about that. But um I guess I just want an explanation before uh, I, I, I get too over my skis, but this doesn't look good. And again, I get that it, there's a lot of people cheering and celebrating and laughing and stuff like this. Um, but we're not those people. I would hope that you're not those people. These, this is kind of, you know, this is the stuff that um, those people cheer at. They cheered at right wing accounts getting banned and stuff like that. And the whole time we were kind of like, this isn't good. And that principle should follow over the same way. Um, it, it's not good to me that journalist accounts are getting banned, no matter how. 
Yeah, and again, I, I largely agree with you on that that premise. And the, the the biggest difficulty is is that he he is advertising himself with the widest the widest permissibility, and then taking these individual situations where he's the one kind of personally getting involved and deciding who who's on the network or not. And he made the statement that he wants his critics to be on because that's that's a great lively debate or something, but. It doesn't seem like at the moment that he's actually handling much of it at all very well. And if he if he's going to handle, uh, you know, third and fourth order behaviors where someone tweets something, you know, the butterfly flaps its wings and you get uh, you get rain on the opposite end of the world. You know, if he's going to handle it that way, then it's the the rules are just going to change chaotically, you know, continuously. When he banned Kanye, Kanye had just posted an image and the, the image was was. Uh, deemed to incite violence because people couldn't interpret it a certain way, which is exactly the same logic that they used to ban Trump. And, and, and so the funniest thing about the the image that he posted is it. I mean, he, I mean, Kanye managed to both offend Nazis and Jews at the same time, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> associating their symbol with another symbol that is considered a hate symbol to them. And then uh, the tweet. It was like, you know, I love everyone. I love everyone yeah. equally. And so it's like it's it was the same logic to ban Trump. And so we're not, you know, yes, at the moment it's it's people I dislike versus people I like, but it's still still arbitrary and capricious. And so uh, you know, don't want to disappoint you by agreeing with you pretty much, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 not it's it's fun, but it's also annoying. Yeah, I, I just think he needs he, he needs an explanation. Right now, uh Jason Kent is demanding an explanation or he's going to uh, demand Congress step in and haul <laughs> Elon Musk up to Capitol Hill. So this is bringing out everybody's worst side. And uh, um, so, yeah, I, I guess we're, we're going to find out what, what's going on here. So uh, real fast, do you have any thoughts uh, on the whistleblower, the Twitter whistleblower? If you... Well, that, that, that was Mudge you're referring to, right? The, the... Yep. The, yeah, he was. Yeah, he he's out a couple months before the 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 sale. So the, his details, I don't know why why they got recycled as something new in the last week because they were they were a couple months old. But the, one of the, the the striking things in his in his report was they he have a development environment. And normally in these type of software situations, what you want to do is you want to have an identical copy of the system, and you want to test your things. In that system and the way he described it they basically do all of their development in the live network and and the way that they do their testing is to only only release it to handfuls of people at a time and and the elon was on a a space the other day you're trying to explain sort of how how entangled and and uh clustered uh, like a clusterfuck the the code base is and that's that that makes sense if you if you imagine that there's no environment because they're not doing they weren't doing these changes in structured ways and if you if you know how how the product varies between android ios and the and the regular web page there's there's basically probably been always three different teams working independently of each other and not developing one cohesive product so the, the, that's why the you know Android never had the feature of doing the voice tweets where iOS for maybe two or three years now I guess maybe was able to like record your voice and do a little you know voice tweet 
and it, it has a play button and everything. And Android has never had that ability, nor to my knowledge does the web interface. So it, basically they probably had multiple teams never communicating with each other um, and, and just sort of working independently and having their own targets and goals. And it just seems like a, an absolute mess. And so security being an afterthought totally fits into that sort of mindset. It's, it was probably an absolute mess and probably too, way too many people had access to things they shouldn't. I mean, the fact that, that you, on anyone's account, you could read their DMs is kind of concerning. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering what Elon's doing with DMs right now. Like, that's my <laughs> thing. Like, you know, well, that's he's just fucking sitting there, like, just looking at him and, all right, you're gone. Well, he um, banned an Antifa account, too in this sweep. And I don't know if, if at any point in time, any of these journalists had been in, had in, been in contact with those people and he could see their DMS if they ever had been. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um, it's good to meme and it's good to kind of shit post through it. But I mean, ultimately this, this does not, uh, <laughs> yeah. Body under Sargon starting to think Elon Musk is a psyop to get the right to squander its free speech, moral high ground. So, um yeah so uh doctor thank you and thank uh, you again i'll be i'll be here tomorrow night so if you want to jump back in feel free i like hearing from you all right thanks uh gonna just bump up to kevin kevin go hey steven how are you uh i'm a little concerned at the moment and a little sick. yeah uh, i understand okay. that uh the the um uh the the mudge story is the one that really has me uh, focused in that this isn't the only place in which we're seeing sort of uh, what I'll describe as the, um, the, the rule built out of capriciousness uh, for, for one of a better term. Uh, and, and there's a, there's actually a good example that happened yesterday over on YouTube. Um, there's this, a uh, young kid, uh, 11 years old, who's, uh, uh, he had hypoplastic left heart syndrome. He's had two heart transplants and, uh, his essentially dying wish because he's in palliative care now, um, uh, was, uh, to, uh, start up a YouTube channel, get a hundred thousand subscribers and uh get one of the uh uh youtube um uh magic block you know the the uh the buttons the the actual physical button that they send out when you reach a subscriber threshold uh he hit the threshold over the weekend thanks to help or beginning of the week thanks to help from uh johnny depp from the rock uh among others uh so he basically rocketed it up from nothing to a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand followers actually. And then YouTube's, uh, uh, software basically looked at it and went, uh, that's too suspicious. We're going to, uh, terminate the account. And it took the better part of six hours for YouTube to figure out how to un-F this, uh, for want of a better term. And, Got to the point where uh, even uh, 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 Susan Wojcicki, the uh, the head of uh, of YouTube, uh, had to issue a tweet today 
uh, congratulating uh, the young man on reaching his uh, uh, hundred thousand uh, follower threshold. Uh, so you just have this series of we think we can put everything into an automated bot and have it work perfectly, and it's not going to happen. And these systems are so big that trying to keep track of all of the things that can and will go wrong is just going to be a confusing end. Uh, and, and so, you know, exactly, you know, if, if, if what, you, what was postulated with regard to, you know, hey, we're going to use the uh, image of the, uh, of the Elon Jet account and use that as a basis to go forward for, blo- for blocking anything that happens to include that, I can perfectly see exactly that happening in this case as a result of this is not the first time that uh, that, an, that 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 a quote unquote smart system uh, turned out to be not so smart. Yeah, I mean, of course, right now <laughs> it is DeathCon three uh, with, with just like everybody in media right now. Uh, ben Collins is showing what Keith Olbermann's final last tweet is. So I don't know if this is actually an accident. It says, Olbermann's last tweet said, so here's the plan. Everybody retweet the screenshot of the tweet that apparently got the account of Drew Harrell of the Washington Post suspended. B, and recreate the tweet word for word with the link and link to Aaron Rupar's piece that got him permanently suspended. And that apparently had to do with the Elon Jet account and also on the Mastodon. So this is beginning to look like something that's being done on purpose. Um, but as far as like the much thing, yeah, I mean, I said today on the podcast, like what the hell was going on inside of this building? Cause it's, I mean, you had all of these great videos. I mean, of, of, you know, like the Twitter workers, when I showed up at work at Twitter, I show up at 10 AM and then I get myself something from the juice bar. Then I go lay down and take a nap and then I go do yoga. Then I have a meeting and then we go up on the roof and play cornhole. And I'm thinking like, is that really what Twitter was had become while all of these systems went unmonitored and uh, were like on the verge of data failures? And it's kind of just like, that's insane to me how you think your website is kind of the most important communication tool ever created for mankind. And on the other hand, uh, you were too busy opening your chakras over lunch to like even look at data dumps. And so that's insane. And I'm sure, as I said on the podcast, Elon Musk coming in, looking at that and going, what the fuck is probably one of the reasons why he just fired 75% of the company. It's just like, you're not doing anything. Um, So just to kind of hit on like both of your points there. um, Yeah, I don't know, man, this, as far as kind of banning all of these accounts that are linking to the Elon jet account, which again, Elon jets travels is public information um, not good, not great, Bob. So, uh, Kevin, I'll... in the end, it'll be their red badge of courage. Yeah. Th- I mean, this is, it's like the exact reverse of, you know, Yoel Roth wanting to ban Matt Gates and all these accounts. You just ultimately turn the worst people into martyrs and it's, it's, it's dumb. And, uh, I, I guess we'll find out if this is the way Elon Musk is going to run Twitter. So thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Go ahead. Uh, bringing up.
Uh, Jay, just in case the mic, unmute microphone button is right, should be right down there on your. All right. See, now I'm starting to get impatient. This is like four people. Uh, Kerfuffle, welcome back. You're Hey, Stephen. Um, before I say anything, um, you did get a strep throat test, right? Uh, no, I did not have strep throat. That was negative. You, you were t- okay. Forgive me for asking. It's um, all right. <laughs> okay, this is like actually more about SBF and FTX. Um, his parents are professors at Stanford law professors, and I don't think they've been, like, put on leave or anything like that. And they are in essentially in receipt of stolen goods. Um, and I'm just wondering what's going on with that. Um, last I heard, his parents were in the Bahamas with him. And <laughs> um, I, I don't know much about their roles at Stanford. I know they're both Stanford professors. I know she was a bundler for Hillary Clinton, um, but as far as, I don't know if anything. His dad is a tax attorney, uh, teaches yeah. tax law. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, uh, anything that has to do with their role in FTX, I'm completely unaware of. Uh, the father was paid and the, um, the mother just received like massive gifts of like houses and whatnot. As well as she also channeled his donations. Um, I don't think she actually took a salary, but the father took a salary. Or or maybe a consulting fee, something like that. So what are the odds he gives up dad? I mean, what I don't think he, like, he quote, gives up. But, I mean, the parents <laughs> have to give up the cash and they haven't done it. And they're probably using it to pay the lawyers. And, um, yeah, it doesn't, like justify at least putting them on leave like they're still they're still faculty yeah i mean it's it's stanford so it's california so and stanford's obviously i you know i don't see that happening until any kind of like wrongdoing but you i mean you 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 do make a point that um it feels like a lot is getting glossed over obviously political donations obviously media companies that took money are basically saying we're not giving it back unless we're forced to that was a statement from semaphore in so many words um it is it, it's it's a huge clusterfuck that's going to have to get undone like you know tangled christmas lights um but and definitely as far as, and the uh the and Biden then it, i mean it, it will come said. down to who, who else at Alameda Research and who else at, you know, FTX, the, the CEO or the sitting CEO just testified two days ago where SBF was supposed to testify. And, uh, you know, they said they're trying to work on this. But, I mean, it, the money's gone. That's the whole point. It's just vaporized. It was withdrawn. They have to try and track it down to find out if the hack came through Alameda Research, if SBF. Um, he's facing a litany of charges, including, you know, wire fraud and uh money laundering and everything that somebody else would be facing during this. And so I think that that's all stuff that just, you kind of have to wait to see what happens and who else gets entangled in this. Well, Cause I don't, Carolyn, he's, he's, gonna, he's not, he's not going to be the only. Yeah. Carolyn Ellison is in New York and has hired a top lawyer and is staying quiet as is wise to do. And she has the laptops with 
a lot of information on them. And so yeah, I think there's she's rumors attempting that she, to yeah, save there, herself. There's rumors that she's cooperating with the Southern District of New York. Uh, again, that's there's there's no confirmation of that, but that is interesting that she's just kind of out walking around New York <laughs> with with this stuff. It's so, I mean, obviously investigators are going to talk to him if he's ever extradited, which uh, is, I think they said February 8th is the date. I, I'm not, I, I'm dead serious. People think that I'm kidding. I'm like, I'm dead serious. I don't know if he makes it to February 8th in, in those prisons. I, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily know. mean I mean, being suicided or anything like that. But uh, if you saw, like when you went, I went and I looked up the, uh, the, the Bahamas prison. I mean, this is a prison that has like fans blowing into the cells because it's not like this great, luxurious, you know, minimum yeah. security. It yeah, doesn't look, it doesn't 30, look like a very good and place. Healthy. The only thing wrong with him is he's depressed. So, and chubby, you know, no, he's, he's not going to drop dead in the, in the cell. Um, and, and probably he's being kept in solitary so he won't be assaulted. Um, no, I, I think he'll, I, I don't know. It's, I, the, the crimes that he did are like hundreds of years of penalties. So it's, I don't know how, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. But the other thing I wanted to say is that, um, well, th- that's, that's enough. That's enough. What, what, are, what are we cooking tonight? Oh, shoot. You can hear me. Um, you're, always, you're always doing this when you call in, so I'm just curious. I am. Well, you know, it's, you hold it at 5 p.m. at my time. Um, so I've got um, steak and lamb, and I'm going to be chopping, but not when anybody can hear me. All right. For, for some root vegetables. So. All right. Nice. Yeah, and I've got uh, defrosting some. Um, I'm going to make uh, chicken liver pate with duck fat. And, oh, and nice. Okay. Yeah. Let us know how that turns out, please. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I. I. And the the Twitter stuff. Do you have any idea when normal people like me are supposed to get our accounts back? Uh, I don't. I. I don't. I, I mean, here's the thing. I. I keep a fairly. Uh, I keep the Elon Musk stuff at, at, at a distance. And part of it is I, I'm skeptical of personality cults that develop around people. And I'm skeptical of how people that those cults, uh, and it's not a cult, it's, a, it's obviously a term. I'm not saying that there's a cult around Elon Musk. Um, if there is, it's a, it's, a, it's a Tesla cult, if anything else. Um, but whenever there's kind of a personality cult that develops around one person, especially on social media like there was with Trump, or whatever, and Elon Musk has certainly filled that vacuum that Trump left when he was suspended. Um, I'm suspicious of the people who were, you know, the constant jumping in replies, trying to get his attention, because they see that he he interacts with just about any account once in a while. And I'm suspicious of the accounts that continuously try to do that. And, And I'm also suspicious of when the person that those personality cults revolve around embraces that. And so uh, I listened to his Twitter spaces. So I just listened to the information that he gives. Um, I'm curious to see where he takes the platform, except I will say that if this is what it's going to be, this is not a good direction by any sense of the imagination at all. No matter how much you think it's fun that Aaron Rupar or Keith Olbermann are gone, um, if he's just spending people at whim, 
because he has an emotional reaction to the incident with his son, which is understandable. Don't get me wrong. But if he's going to use that as kind of his personal, you know, weapon to just do that, uh, it's not good. And I, it's, I don't know. But as far as, you know, as far as normies getting their accounts back, not to call you a normie or anything like that. Um, I, I, there's, there's plenty of accounts that I interacted with that I wish would come metric buttload. I said tonight, it was one of my favorite people when I joined Twitter back in 2012, 2013, just, uh, just a regular dude that just makes you laugh. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, I so I would say him. just, keep ch- I would say just keep checking or maybe try to create a new account and see what you can do. No, no, no. Um, I like, I absolutely refuse to make a new account. Because okay. I was unjustifiably, well, no. I mean, I understand that other people do, and good for Jay and everybody who does that. No, I refuse. Okay. So, I mean, I, my answer is I don't know, because I'm not, I'm not in, the, uh, in the bowels of Twitter, and I don't have my nose up Elon Musk's ass like a lot of other people do. So I wish I had a better answer for you. Okay. I'm going to let other people go, and I'm going to make noise in the kitchen. Thank you. All right, Susan. Good luck, good, good luck with your cooking. Thank you. Bump Andrew up here. I'll go ahead and just boot you off. Andrew, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, Stephen. I think I can pretty much get through Eric, John, and. Hey, real quick, I'm scrolling through my Twitter timeline, and uh, tweets are just repeating themselves. So I don't know if that's just a glitch. Time, time is the flat uh, circle. Yes, I, I think we're going back in time. I'm not sure. Um, real quick about, um, the accounts being banned, uh, you know, five for the past five or six years, I've, I thought I wished for this kind of thing to happen, but now that it's happened, it it feels good and gratifying for about five seconds. And then it becomes really disturbing. Yeah. That's, Uh, yeah. I mean, people sent me everyone. I mean, obviously based on who I am, I, 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 uh, I got home from my personal training. Uh, I took a shower. I had some, you know, I had to, you know, eat some proteins and stuff like that and sat down and, uh, I was trying to prep for this and my, my DMS just lit up. I just had a stream of DMS and I'm like, okay, what the fuck? And I click, and then, yeah, it's Aaron Rupar suspended. And I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. But yeah, then I'm, then I'm like, okay, why? Um, I first thought maybe he was suspended because he's posting, you know, he really does post copy, you know, copy written links. So if you take content from like Fox, you take content from the NFL and post it as your own clip, that's technically copyright infringement and they can report your account and you can get it taken down. Um, the, most things people just don't choose not to do that. So that was my first thought. I'm like, did, you know, did he get mass reported or did finally his account get reported by like a media organization for, uh, TOS violations and fair usage or whatever. Um, and then I just basically said, you know, he needs, must needs to explain like why, uh, Aaron Rupar's, uh, I get it guys. I really do. He's the worst account on the entire website and has been for years. Um, but he's a high follower account and must promise transparency on this. So to me, Ryan or Elon Musk should have been right on Twitter the second it happened and said, I have just suspended the account of Aaron Rupar or Twitter safety or someone's. There should have been an explanation. Now the fact you have uh, how many of these accounts, and like I said, I'm I'm withholding judgment, 
But based on what's coming through here, it looks like this is purposeful and it looks like somebody's doing it. So again, they're ne- that's kind of how I'm with you. I'm, I'm reading some tweets. I'm laughing at some of these memes, but um, this, this is not good if it is. Yeah, it's, it's not good at all if, if Twitter becomes just another echo chamber, but just on the opposite It's not side. even an echo chamber if, if the policies, and it's his platform, he owns it. I understand that. This is not a free speech argument. Um, but if this just becomes he can nuke any account because he's personally offended by it, that's, that's worse than old Twitter ownership, believe it or not. That's, that's no different than Yoel Roth banning the Babylon Bee. And this is why I've warned people not to get, you know, obsessively in the corner of someone like Musk, who, again, I've had reservations about him as a business owner with his relations with China and how much he has to rely on China for, obviously, battery components and parts for Tesla. And this is what I warn about people. Do not buy into personality cults, no matter if it's a politician, if it's a celebrity, if it's anything. And people could be learning a very hard lesson here. Um, I'm someone where right now I'm looking at myself probably on a very lonely island uh, with how I feel about this. But I've been there before. It's. I, I guess one positive uh, aspect of this already is that um, there's, a, and you know, you just summarized it wonderfully is people on the right are coming out against this censorship in essence where I, whereas it seems like when it was the other way around uh the lib liberals and people on the left were almost cheering it on and and you know rooting for it to happen where is, is at least now there's there's outrage on um on the other side as well yeah i mean i'm I'm talking with people and believe it or not, what I'm seeing is a lot of people are kind of in your corner. Um, I'm talking with someone who's a a political journalist on the, on the political right. Uh, I'm not going to say who, because it's private conversation, but I will say what we're saying. Um, Somebody said, uh, is, is it remotely the same thing as that will get you suspended if you were a right leaning Twitter account for the last five years. And I said, I get that sentiment, but it's still not good. And I said, I guess I'm, I'm sorry to be the stand-up contrarian on this. If he's doing this on, again, what I said is emotional whim, then he's really not any better than Yoel Roth, and he promised transparency. And the reply from this person is, I don't think I agree. I think there really is a fundamental difference between banning people who are posting information that could legitimately put people in danger, like home addresses and location, and banning people who are posting opinions that are disallowed. Um, but this, I mean, the problem is this isn't private information. Uh, posting, you know, a flight data is a public flight. It's public information. It's not private. There is a fundamental difference in this. And it's one that I would hope people who are speech advocates uh, and political right understand and adhere by. Um, He said, uh, they said, uh, but I do, I do agree that an explanation should be already forthcoming and it should. They really, this is something that has to be explained either by an accident or uh, he needs to come out and he needs to either tweet or explain why he did it. Um, but yeah, from what I'm seeing from journalists or people on the political right, and even some people on, uh, the, the left, I call it the honest left, uh, seem to be concerned with this. I'd love to join the party with you guys. I really would. Uh, these are accounts I've interacted with for years. These are people I don't like. I don't like Donnie Sullivan. I don't like how he waddles around QAnon rallies and treats these people as like 
the mainstream of America. It's punching down. I, I despise that kind of reporting. Uh, Matt Binder, one of the most dishonest people on the political left for years on Twitter and someone who's as, I just easily did a dunk on uh, two days ago. Um, obviously, Aaron Rupar, just one of the most dishonest, hacktastic accounts on uh, on the political left that there is. He got a, he got a, a White House tour, okay, for what he does. He dishonestly clips information, adds misleading context, and he does it because he's a political activist on the left. And he got his start with Vox. Um, the, these are not people that I admire. These are not people I would recommend you uh, hold the same kind of worldviews. Um, it is completely up to Elon Musk's discretion on which accounts he can and cannot ban. But given Elon Musk's past statements, if this is purposeful, um, none of that holds weight anymore. And you should be just as kind of uh, trepidatious over this kind of stuff as I-, I would hope some people on the right are. I'm sorry to crash the party. The memes are funny, okay? And it is funny with people posting Ben Affleck as Keith Oberman getting suspended. Um, and things like that. But yes, we, those people, I also think, need to be out in the open, because if you start suspending journalists and you take them out of the public sphere, um, you take away one of the most important things that shows you how these people think and operate. Um, I, I want Aaron Rupar on Twitter. I want uh, Ryan Mack uh, on Twitter. I want people like Donnie on Twitter because they have to be made examples of not just you know, a race to where they can just kind of go do their work without us seeing it. That's one of the biggest problems here. Um, But this has always been a difference of the political left and the political right. The political left wants us censored. They want you to shut up. They don't want you to have a platform. Political right is we want you to keep talking because the more you talk, the more you reveal about yourselves. And that includes journalists. And so, again, um, I get and the reason why I think that this is probably in response to the incident with his son is he refused to bring Alex Jones back onto Twitter. And they asked why. And he said, and he, and he referenced Sandy Hook. And he said, people who make money off dead children, you know, I guess he, he had a child that was stillborn or died shortly after childbirth. And so he has, he has a visceral reaction to things, I think, when it comes to his kids. And so when, you know, a black block Antifa guy is following his kid around in LA, I get it. I get what's going probably through his head right now. And if he travels with his kids on his jet and, you know, he looks at, you know, people tracking his plane as this could be an assassination threat. This could be someone who knows where he is at all times. Um, I guess. Yeah. But, man, I think you know what you signed up for with with, when you bought Twitter. You kind of knew you were going to be thrown into the fire here. That does not excuse threats against him. It does not excuse threats against his son. But posting public information uh, is is not doxing, okay? And I see Mark Andreessen showing that. He's posting, he's kind of subtweeting, he's like the definition of doxing. Uh, but it's still, posting public information is not doxing. It, you don't have to like it. That doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean I'm uh, in, endorsing this kind of, you know, oh, let's track Elon's flight, let's see where he's going. Um, and I get all of that. But if he's going to take, again, a very important communication tool uh, on the internet, which Twitter is for live for live news updates and stuff like that, and if he's just going to start like kicking accounts because he has emotional whims, guys, it's not, it, it means he's can, he can ban people for anything. And get it's his platform; he can do that. But I don't think anyone wants to be on a platform with that with that kind of uh, reaction to it, where it's just kind of like one day the rules are upside down and the next they're not. 
uh, because that means anyone could be next. And yeah, I'm the guy standing up for Aaron Rupar, so whatever. Uh, I think one thing we can agree on is that nobody wants Aaron Rupar to be turned into a martyr. Right. This, that's, uh, that's, that's again, it's, it's no different than Twitter employees banning Matt Gates or threatening to ban Matt Gates. It's like, you guys don't know what, like, you're doing here. So uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Keith Olbermann, Keith Olbermann is going to come back to Twitter with a crown of thorns and nailing himself to a cross over this. That's what he's going to do. And you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Someone as bad as Aaron Rupar, he's, this is only going to empower someone like him. And you, I wish, uh, Real, uh, and then real quick to finish up uh, regarding the, the Twitter whistleblower. Uh, I work in healthcare IT, and the fact that they're that first of all they didn't even test in a non-production um, stage or environment, let alone did not even have one in the first place, is just mind blowing to me. Um, just in the amount of testing and approval that needs that should have been in place for any changes to be made as to an application, you know, is widely used and huge as Twitter is is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, there's back end terminology here that I don't understand. I know I understand some of it just based on education and stuff like that, but. People I've shown this to, I have people who are in scripting and scripting languages and back-end engineering, and I've, I forwarded them the story, and they're just, like, completely dismayed by it. Like, forget anything that's ideological about Twitter, but it certainly feels like that that's what happened. They just start, they st- they stopped ignoring any back-end issues with Twitter, and it really feels like they just all came into work and started looking at accounts that they could just get banned. Like, that's really what it feels like, and Twitter in that capacity was unsustainable. The only problem is it looks like Elon Musk is making Twitter unsustainable as it is now. Um, you know, looking at comments, and if any of you guys in comments want to jump in and talk, um, you know, Jesse YC is saying real-time doxing is not okay. Jesse, posting federal flight data that is public, you can go to a website right now and track Elon Musk's jet. That is not doxing. It's an important distinction. It doesn't mean that I agree with it. It doesn't mean people should be doing it, but it's not doxing okay it's just it simply isn't andrew i'll give you the last yeah thanks for uh thanks for taking my call and i will just uh step off the stage and leave it to eric and john thanks andrew uh blonde economist doxing is the posting of private information so if someone goes and posts elon musk's address or private information on a public forum that is considered doxing it's just what it is you don't have to like like this yes real time or after the fact of flight data jesse you see um i I just was uh thinking about your um comments on mace today and it's uh it's sort of interesting how you know like these uh (laughs) congress people like are just not able to like a lot give you know, their witnesses, the rope to hang themselves with. Um, and because I was like, listen, I re-listened to that audio and I'm just like, it's like, Nancy, just let her, yeah, <laughs> just let her like, just, add, just keep on asking why or what certain terms mean and just allow them to, um, 
just hitting themselves with their own rhetoric. And it's just a, it's just sort of, it's just sort of interesting to sort of see how unfortunately congressmen just can't keep their own egos in check and just allow them to make their, make their enemies, make their own cases for them in a way. Yeah. What was funny is I went back. Uh, so when I played that clip in the, in the podcast, I actually went back and listened to it and she actually in her tweet says accost public officials. They should be accosted. And Nancy Mace in her questioning says, do you believe public officials be accosted or whatever? And Alejandra Caballo says, no. So she pulls up the tweet where the exact word accost is in her tweet uh, or in their tweet, not to, to, uh, um, in, in their tweet. And she's sitting there saying, I don't believe that this shows context. She uses this exact word accost. And so to me, that's what Nancy May should have done. She goes, what did you mean by a cost then? It's right there. You just said on the record, testified under oath that you don't, that you believe accosting public officials endangers their lives. And you're right that that was Mace's, uh, that was her only mistake in that line of questioning. She, she hit her with laser precision and it was great to see because these are people who exist in bubbles online where they don't have to confront these kinds of things. They can make their own definitions of words. And you're absolutely right in the sense that May should have just went, please explain then. Please explain what you meant. What do you think the word accost means? And uh, again, to hear Carbile just sit there and go, uh, you're not letting me add context. You're not, no, you don't add context to, to, to the exact word that you just used. It was, it was funnier to me listening back a second time. Uh, but you're absolutely right that <clears throat> I don't know if it's ego as much as it is just um, maybe it was her time, but she should have just said, just no, please, yes, explain exactly what you mean. Yeah, and um, sorry to sort of jump around on topics, but um, uh, I don't, uh, with the, um, since <laughs> golf is sort of like my, uh, my sport, um, I just was wondering if you had any sort of, opinions on the sort of the live golf thing because uh like sort of early on like the media um uh was able to sort of like tie live to sort of the MAGA I don't know crazy people and and now it seems that they're starting to get a little bit more serious and um I, I'll be interested to sort of see how sort of the media um uh, you know, covers this, this tour now, given that they're getting a little bit more serious and they still have, you know, some of the sort of top players in the world on the tour, but it's, you know, like still sort of, you know, like not as formal as like the PGA tour. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, uh, real fast, not to kind of change, jump in subject. Sure, I'm sorry. Alex, Alex Heath, who is editor at The Verge, says, RE banning of reporters who have tweeted about Elon Musk's debt. Twitter's head of trust and safety, Ella Irwin, tells me, quote, without commenting on specific accounts, I can confirm we will suspend any accounts that violate our privacy policies or put users at risk. Um, he then goes on to say she points to the policy update made yesterday prohibiting the sharing of live location information after Musk said his child was stalked due to his jet info being available. So Elon Musk is basically implementing Twitter policy via his own personal family and situations. Uh, 
personally, I have to say, without commenting on specific accounts, that's not good enough for me. That's old Twitter speak, and that's not the transparency that Musk promised. Sorry, Eric, uh, you can have a comment. Sure. Yeah. No. No. No worries. Yeah. It just sort of seems like, um, unfortunately, um, nothing is uh, nothing is more undefeated than uh, human nature <laughs> when it comes to uh, these large institutions and. You know, I am, I'm sort of with you, like, where I, where's the biblical verse, like, put your trust not in princes, you know, so I'm just not, you know, ready to go all in on the uh, must train, because usually when you have just a, you know, few individuals, uh, you know, determining policies on a large platform like Twitter, it uh, usually it doesn't end well. <laughs> Uh, another quick update. Elon Musk has tweeted four minutes ago so far to Mike Solana. So far, I've been able to, con- uh, this is Mike Solana at Mick Solana. So far, I've been able to confirm about half the account suspended posted links to the jet tracker in violation of the new doxing policy. Unclear just yet about the rest, but I think it's safe to say the rules for real. Elon Musk has responded. Same doxing rules apply to journalists in quotes as to everyone else. So, uh, I think he needs to offer a better explanation than that, but it appears that this is a purposeful action, and I don't know. I don't think it's good. So that's just me. Uh, Erica? Sure. So I don't, I don't really know. I know we talked a while ago about uh, me uh, getting a lot of mini Australian Shepherd puppies. So it's uh, arriving on uh, Monday, uh, delayed twice by blizzards. Oh, good. <laughs> in Wyoming. So, so, so I, I get in on Monday. So, uh, my, uh, my life dramatically changes, uh, Monday at 1 PM Pacific standard. Do you time, have so. everything, do you have everything set up as far as pee pads, crates? Um, oh yeah. I have it all. I have it all. I have it all set up. Uh, priority number one is getting it trained to attack my relatives. I don't like. That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so make sure on the crate that uh, if you do crate train, which I told you you, you should, <coughs> excuse oh, yeah. me, you should, <coughs> you don't want the crate like out in the middle of the room or anything like that. You want to have it kind of up against a wall or in a corner, where, and then you want to put, you want to be able to put a blanket over it so it keeps it kind of dark and safe. And the whole idea behind crate training is dogs are, um, they're uh, cave animals. They, you know, they have, they need, they need a place that's like their, you know, God, what is the word I'm looking for? Their den. Sorry. Um, similar like a fox, like they need a den and that's what a crate is. So people always talk about like, it's, it's cruel. You're putting them in a cage. No, you're creating a den for them. And so the other thing is uh, you want a divider. You don't want it to be a big, you know, too big of a crate. You want to have a large crate, but you want to have a divider. And starting out, you want to have about three-fourths of the crate off limits. You just want to have one-third of it. And so the idea is, is that to potty train them, um, they're not – they don't ever – dogs don't ever like to, like, piss and then lay in it. That's just their thing. And if they have a home base, that they're, they're not going to mark their home base. So eventually, you know, every week or so, you, you back up the divider and you give them more space. And then eventually they'll learn, like, that's their safe space. So that's where they'll go. And then you can even train them to go in there. Mine don't. Uh, they know to go in there when, when it's bad now, but you're not supposed to do that. Um, and then eventually when you potty train them, that's the whole idea of how they not go in the house. The whole house becomes their den. And so, like I said, crate train is, is a lifesaver. It was for me. Um, so I would say do that and just make sure you have like blankets over it so you keep it dark. Have pee pads ready. The other thing I'd recommend that helps with crate uh, with 
potty training is if you go to Chewy or even Amazon, you can get boxes of grass. It's just like a patch of grass. So you don't even have to take them outside to start. You just take them onto the grass and indoors and um, just they'll learn to kind of do their biz there. So that's another thing that might help. Oh, yeah, I definitely had that all lined up. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on, on something real quick on the on the crate. Did you keep the crate in your bedroom like the first few nights when your pups came home or did you keep the crate in like a i kept it i kept it i kept it in a separate room i kept it in my office okay um so so that that's that's up to you like um i kind of did that because it's the best space where i had the most room for but my office was like right on the other side of my bedroom so um i just kept it there and then i made the mistake of for the first couple of nights, it was great because they will whine, they will bark. Um, you do have to take them out like at 4 a.m. Uh, because there's like a regimented schedule. Um, but I, I'm a big softy, so I had the pup. I had the pup in the bed in the morning, and of course now they they don't leave the bed. So, um, but that's up to you. So if you ever want the dog to sleep in the bed with you, then just do that. Get it used to it as puppy. But you know, uh, crate it overnight. And uh, then you just bring it out in the morning and you do that. So Sounds good. Thanks for the advice. And uh, All right, man. Uh, yeah. Appreciate good it. luck. Bye. Good luck with the problem. Uh, it looks like we'll go ahead and wrap up with John, like right on schedule. So that makes me happy. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I, I don't. Whatever. Go ahead, John. <laughs> hey, Stephen. And- and then a question. So I called in on the night of the first Twitter files, I think it was, and I wasn't as interested in the actual revelations as I was as much in Kanye being suspended and Elon not giving very good reason for that. And if I remember correctly, the reason he gave afterwards, kind of jokingly, um, he said that it was incitement to violence. Someone said, how's this inciting to violence? He said, well, it made me want to punch him, which is a rather odd thing to say, but it seems that we're getting a more clear standard that if something makes Elon upset, then he's going to make that into a rule. It kind of reminds me of correct as correct. That's what it looks like. If, if he doesn't, if it, if it, if it angers him, it's now, it's now, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think, I don't know if I just did that. Yeah. That's, you nailed the problem is if it's something that personally offends him, it's now. Exactly. And, and the, you know, it reminds me as a parent myself, where if, if my kids are doing something that's really annoying, I'll just tell them, you know, no more of this, right? You know, they, they won't shut the fuck up about Pokemon, no more Pokemon. Why? Because it's bugging me. And then you have to try to apply that consistently. So you can apply these rules consistently about his new form of doxing. But even if it's applied consistently, it doesn't mean that there's a good reason for the rule. And, um, and which leads the me rule to, is subject to change on whatever whim that he feels at the moment. Now, look, he owns the platform. It's that's what it is. It's a, it's, he took the company back to private. It's his platform. He can do whatever he wants with it. Um, what I can say that, what I can say is this is not a sustainable way to run this platform. And that leads me to my question. Um, one thing that you say a lot, and I think is very insightful is that the real value of Twitter lies in, Hub for is where you can get breaking news like no other, but also partly it's also the media obsessed about it, right? It's why they're so obsessed about Elon. It's uh, it's why they're treating him as their new Trump hate figure. But 
if he's doing policies that are getting uh, people as execrable as Aaron Rupar banned, um, what would what in your opinion would lead Elon to what, what what would Elon have to do to get the media to no longer be obsessed with Twitter? And for and in my opinion, that would really lead to a lot of interest, you know, in it dying out and maybe you know tank his whole investment. Uh, so John, can you, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Sorry, I was distracted. Sorry. About that. Sure. No problem. So, so since, since the media is, is, uh, you know, pays so much attention to Twitter, right? It's their little playground, but they also, you know, they, they, they post, they embed tweets in their news stories, all this shit. Um, if he's banning journalists right now under his, you know, on a whim, right? What, what would he have to do, uh, uh, to push the media to the point where they no longer are obsessed with Twitter, where, where CBS, I mean, this, you know, yeah, I mean, and- yeah, this might be it. So the the interesting thing is, and I sorry, I was reading a tweet by Sonny Bunch where he says, I, I think that most of these accounts will be back by Monday. I'm kind of inclined to agree with that. I think he's probably just sending a message that, you know, he kind of did this with Ukraine, right? Which is the guy told him to fuck off and then he turned off Starlink for like an hour or two hours and then he turned it back on. I'm inclined to think they probably come back and that this is a message, but this is interesting is if you're, if you know, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, if you're CNN, do you, it, it, because your, your reporter was suspended for reporting public information. Do you pull all of your journalists off and say, we're done. Like you just kill all of the accounts or Washington post. I mean, he suspended a CNN account, a Washington post account, a New York times account. So in solidarity with these reporters, do all of these reporters leave Twitter? I could see that actually happening, where at least in protest tomorrow, um, they all just say, we're done, we're off. And maybe they all just deactivate their accounts to, to, to just show that. Um, but as I said previously, is journalists and media companies give Twitter its importance. Uh, they give Twitter the importance that like MySpace never had, for instance, because it is a unique live time Cool. And this is the other problem with Musk's sudden banning of live, you know, live at live reporting of live where people are in real time. That's Twitter's strength. So if he's going to start, you know, like I said, does this mean you're banning car chases? Because that's reporting the whereabouts of someone in real time. He doesn't clarify these rules because he's making them up as he goes and he's making them up from an emotional place. And it doesn't seem like he's consulting with people where he said, where let's say he says this, any, any account doxing real time location info of anyone will be suspended. Well, okay. Real reporting, real time information of someone's whereabouts isn't doxing. Okay. It can be under some definitions. Okay. It certainly can be where, again, if you're uh, filming someone's address against their will uh, or something who is not a public figure, like um, Antifa does this, you could argue that this is what Andy no- Andy Gano does, where he reveals people who are Antifa. I'm, of course, not s- suggesting Andy No be suspended uh, under any means. Uh, apparently, Elon Musk also suspended a major Antifa account that uh, had to do with tracking the flight. Um, so again, it, it, he has to he has to narrowly define exactly what that means, because uh, real time location info of any of anyone, that's not the definition of doxing. And again, Twitter's strength is how it reports real time events. 
I'm not the one creating this confusion. He is. So he needs to clarify exactly what that means. He doesn't seem like someone who's interested in sitting down and talking about that is kind of one of his problems, unless he's doing it on Twitter spaces with like Kim.com or whatever. And so I've said, though, that if journalists can get away from how much value they personally place on Twitter, and I mean that in a way of how they build their own brands, as opposed to, I don't know, doing accurate journalism for their outlet, then that's probably a good thing for their industry in the long run, where they get kind of get back to reporting on things that aren't just happening on Twitter. And the problem is, is they've been largely driven by Trump over the last four years. They, they literally, their whole beat was just reporting on whatever President Trump was saying on Twitter. That was pretty much the entire news industry for four years. And now that he's not on Twitter anymore, you're seeing uh, 500,000 subscriptions now canceled at the Washington Post, and they're going through layoffs. CNN going through layoffs. And a lot of that has to do with they just overhired uh, to combat what they thought was, you know, an ideological opponent in Trump. And so if they can devalue Twitter for their industry, it's probably a good thing. But Twitter will always, their strength will always be lifetime reporting of events. And if Musk is now saying, well, we're taking that away, I guess I'm sitting here saying, what do you think your platform is going to be? Is it going to just be a Substack rival? Um, maybe that's what it looks like. So again, it's bad. This is just stupid. And I mean, Musk has made a lot of bad decisions. Some have been good. Um, but this is, um, this is not good in is, is my opinion. So. Yeah, no. Um, and, and I, I think this kind of gets to a point that that's been said multiple times. I know you've made it multiple times. I think it's true is that Elon is not a conservative and, not just in the sense that he's not, you know, fully right wing, but that I, I see him as favorable towards the idea of free speech in a general way, but it's not having thought through the principles in any depth. If I was to, you know, uh, pick, pick the ideal head of, you know, Twitter trust and safety, you know, in charge of all these decisions, uh, in terms of someone who's actually principled, I would say, you know, make Charlie Cook in charge of that or something. Someone who, you know, uh, uh, has thought through this, has wrestled with, you know, the ideas and has a consistent principled view. Um, uh, I, I did have one last uh, uh, question for you. Uh, make it a good one. You're the only, you're, make it a good one. You're yeah, the only uh, one. I yet. will. Um, uh, uh, given the Trump NFTs um, and everyone was saying online, well, no, the real big announcement was his digital bill of rights. Um, I watched the video. And I, I, I don't really, I haven't really formed thoughts on it. Uh, do you think that's going to really move the needle for him at all? No. Uh, and, and I don't want to get you off on, you know, the particulars of, because I think that could probably be a call in of its own. But anyway, yeah. uh, just, just any thoughts on that? And, and do you think that that is actually going to, uh, you know, get him any more uh, relevance? Because it seemed to me that he was maybe doing the NFT thing as a way to gin up attention for his digital bill of rights announcement. Yeah. I thought about that. He's just, he's trying to dip into like the crypto bros and trying to get that support because there is a lot of Silicon Valley support there. Trump, I don't see is basically going to be tweeting, but Trump is aware of what's happening on Twitter. So I think he looks at what Elon Musk is and what he's doing and he sees crypto and he sees, he sees NFTs and he sees, and he has people around him who are thinking this is the next cool thing to get on the ground level of sort of like memes, you know, Trump was reposting Pepe memes of him, you know, back in 2015, 2016. But I got to tell you, all I saw today from people who are usually like 
pro-Trump or loyal Trump, they were embarrassed by this. It was like, one, it feels like you're too late. Like, if he would have done this, you know, three years ago, uh, I don't know the legality of a president trying to endorse crypto, but that would have been interesting. That's an interesting discussion. Um, but it, it it just reeks of uh, desperation and it, it reeks of just give me money. And also the crypto world right now is not stable. No, I mean, you have, you know, Binance is restricting people from pulling out their money because so many people went on a run pulling out their money. They froze withdrawal transactions. The idea that they can just do that is uh, one of the reasons pe- like people to me should probably start considering getting out of it. And I know I have a lot of Bitcoin people and whatever, um, but it just, especially with what's going on with SBF right now, people are not uh, thinking crypto is stable. And here comes President Leroy Jenkins into the room. You know, I'm finally getting into crypto. So someone clearly gave him this idea. I, I'd sit there and like to ask Trump, Trump, sir, what is crypto? He could probably give you a basic, uh, you know, a basic exchange uh, or, or a basic answer on what it is. But if you got started getting into blockchains and things like that or NFTs, um, he didn't look like he understood what it was when he was talking in the video. Um, I liked what he said. You can win a dinner with me. Not that that's great, but that's what we got. And I was just like, oh, my God. Um, it's it reeks of desperation. And, you know, there was a great side by side today here. Let me I'll just pull it up and we can just end on this. And again, I I don't know what the plans are for the governor of Florida. um, But as we saw today, there's two polls that show him basically thumping Trump. Uh, Bonchi from Red State. Here is Governor Ron DeSantis today. Today, I signed legislation that will cut tolls in half for an estimated one point two million Florida commuters. This will save commuters $500 million during 2023. Individual commuters can save up to $1,500, depending on the amount of tolls incurred. Here's Trump. Major announcement. My official Donald Trump digital trading card collection is here. These limited edition cards feature amazing art of my life and career. Collect all of your favorite Trump digital trading cards, very much like a baseball card, but hopefully much more exciting. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and get your cards now. Only 99 each would make a great Christmas gift. Don't wait. They will be gone, I believe, very quickly. I don't know, guys. Choose your fighter. Don't buy that fucking shit for your wife for Christmas. Otherwise, you're going to be on the couch <laughs> for months. Anyway, Stephen, th- thanks for being on. Yeah, the funniest thing about it is he says, from his life and career, and then he has himself like riding a giant elephant and an astronaut and a cowboy and a fighter pilot. The fighter pilot one, I think, is funny because that was actually George W. Bush's career. So, anyway, uh, John... Um, yeah, well, this was a fun one. Um, I will obviously be back here tomorrow night where I'm sure we're going to talk more about this fallout. Um, and no, I'm not getting spicy with comments. I'm just kind of reading down there and I'm trying to clarify. I'm trying to tell you people, uh, what actual definitions of doxing are and what is and what is not publicly available information. Publicly available information is not doxing. That is actually journalism. You don't have to like it, but it is. And you don't have to like the people that are suspended. Um, but as we've learned, um, if if you don't stand on principle for these things and uh, speak out on some of this stuff, yes, I swear to fucking God, people, even Aaron Rupar, I don't like it. It makes me dirty, but it is the truth. So um, I, I would hope that that's a lesson we learn still on the political right. Um 
a billionaire who seems to, you know, have emotional reactions to thing and only decides to make up rules uh, for a, a social media platform like Twitter based on uh, how he's feeling at the moment. Guys, there's no good that's going to come of that. And that's my sign off. Uh, this has been an episode 74 NFT Trump and the Twitterverse of Twitness and beyond. Boy, that, that actually became more literal than I intended. Um, I'll be back tomorrow night. We'll probably jump back into this. And um, thanks again to my callers. Thanks again to my audience. Uh, it's always kind of funny to me how I'll set a topic and then uh, it gets nuked by what's going on in the world. But that's how it goes. Thanks again for uh, spending an hour here, hour or so with me. Again, I'll be back on Patreon tomorrow. Gee, God, I wonder what I'm going to discuss over there. Uh, and I'll be back on uh, call in tomorrow night uh, to probably go any more with that. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, Jesse YC, thank you for your comments. Thanks for all of your comments also in chat. For those of you who don't call, uh, I do appreciate them, even though there is disagreement. So, again, thank you. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow.